0: Welcome to the MLS Leadership Show. I'm Myrna Selsler, and I'm the host of the show and founder of the Million Dollar Broker Program, building momentum and leverage in a real estate brokerage. Over the past decades, I've been a broker owner of two successful real estate offices in two very different marketplaces. We work with real estate brokers to overcome the barriers that prevent them from achieving a million dollar net to them business. We help brokers reduce turnover, improve productivity, and have predictable sales growth. We're always on the lookout for talented brokers willing to share their secret sauce in running a successful brokerage. Stick around to the end of the show and you'll find out how you can be our next guest and share your unique message about how you lead your brokerage. Hi there it's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show and today I'm really honored to have someone that I've known for a number of years Gary Bush from Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon Saskatchewan Canada and I'm excited I don't even really know your story because we mostly sat around the pool and drank so let's hear um, your story so tell me about your role right now and how did you get into real estate because it's rarely a first career. Um, yeah, well, so for me, my current role
1: right now is I'm the owner broker of Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon. Um, I've been that for the last 10 years, um, but I've been a realtor for the last 29 years. Oh my Um, gosh. I started when I was four. Yeah. Okay, good, Um, good. Good. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I, uh, I was in, uh, education before I did a high school liaison position before with our, with our secondary education. And so I traveled to all the high schools in the province and I gave career day, how to be a nurse, how to be a doctor, how to be a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in the meantime, I was buying houses, fixing them up, and selling them in Saskatoon. In Saskatoon. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then I went to my realtor and I said, "You know, this is kind of cool. It kind of interests me. And because I was in a union before, I wasn't really a big union guy. And I asked the union guy, like, how long before I can be the manager or the or, or, or the the head guy of the of this department?" He goes, oh, in the next thirty to forty years, but you've got ten guys ahead of you. And I'm like going, well, doesn't, but I'm better than them. And they go, "Eh, it doesn't matter. Like, okay, I don't like this at all. So then I'm talking to my realtor who is with a different brokerage and I'm explaining to him, you know, I'm kind of an entrepreneurial guy. I want to do things on my own. I think that I can do things well. And that means that I should be able to do things quicker than others. And I said, I'll be your assistant. And he goes, "Uh, and he says, you'll steal all my clients because they'll like you way better. And you'll end up selling all my clients' houses and I'll be out of business. Says just go start with Century 21, get your training, and get on with it. And I'm like, really? It's just that simple. So I went down to the local C21 office and I met a fellow by the name of Harry Jansen. And I talked to Harry for 20 minutes. And he's like, yep, you're hired. And I'm like, one, well, it's just that easy. They hired me. And I'm like, okay, they, they hired everybody. But anyway, <laughs> uh, so 29 years ago, they hire me. I'm single, no kids, living life large. And suddenly um, I'm married with kids driving the four door and then the, the van. And yeah, um, I tell the story all the time with our new agents. How when I first started, we, I carried my kids around in a bassinet, you know, we, the car seat, we'd put them in, lock them into the car seat and I would take them on showings because my wife was a nurse and she was working shift work. And I'd take one or two of the kids depending on the years. And I would take them, set them on the dining room table, show the house put them back in the car, drive to the next house. So um, from, you know, the MLS system, when it was just coming on board to these things called cell phones, Uh, cell phones were just starting to come on board at this time. Most people had pagers and rolls of quarters. And (laughs) so then I've, you know, and I went through, I've been an individual agent for quite a few years. And then I was inducted into the hall of fame for C21 as an individual agent. And then I went, Hmm, I like this, 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 this team concept was starting to come around. So then I developed a team for myself, and then we got that into the Hall of Fame as well. And that was pretty cool. And the whole time, I'm also very much involved with the board. Yeah. Um, so I've been the president of our local board twice, and our provincial board once. And uh, I just finished last year, uh, well, 2019, I mm-hmm. uh, finished uh, being the president of our local board and was on the amalgamation committee as well for amalgamating all of our boards. So I very much in, I like the board side of things as well. Okay. Okay but I, and I do coaching and whether, so whether you're in teams or individuals or anything else, I've I've kind of been there, done that. And right. so I do a lot of coaching with our newer agents, with our more experienced agents, whether they want to build themselves a team or whatever they want to do it. So it's been a, a roller coaster, interesting 29 years to say the least. I've had good years. I've had some not so good years, um, but I love it the way it is right now. And yeah, I talking to the agents and, you know, starting that new person up and getting in their first deal to that person who's already doing 50, 60 deals and how to make it more efficient and working with assistants and all that kind of stuff. I really enjoyed that part.
0: Okay. So how did you leave from being an individual agent to owning your own brokerage?
1: So the local
0: Century 21 office. So
1: I'd been the president of our local board and our provincial board. And the real
0: estate uh, company that owned us was Connexus Credit Union and they were wanting to Connexus sell connectus credit union so that's that office that real estate office had been bought out by a credit union right and it was Century 21 connectus okay and they decided that they no
1: longer wanted to be in real estate so okay. they went they came to me and said listen you're a, you've been a leader in the industry we think we need somebody on board that the agents will rally behind and would you consider buying it and i had a bunch of revenue properties and stuff and i'm like you know, this is kind of like revenue properties, except I have to liquidate my revenue properties, get the money in to buy the franchise. But it, it's probably a better long-term plan than what revenue properties are. So I sold all my revenue properties and bought the franchise.
0: Okay. And did you buy it by yourself or did you have partners? So when we
1: first started, uh, Barry and Sandy Chiliac came on board with us. Okay. And, uh, they had a five-year plan. They wanted to be in only five the first five years. He's been in the business for close to 40 years already. Yeah. Uh, so they weren't interested in long-term. Okay. And I need, you know, some help, some confidence to say, what am I getting myself into? Yeah. Um, but after four years, uh, we were talking and uh, I said to him, you know, we got to th- get things set up. And it was the next year, you know, we've got to set up plans and what it's worth, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, we could do it right now if you wanted to. And I went, really? So like a month later, we bought them out. and. Okay. Then to spend my wife and myself and she's a nurse, so she's not actively in the in the uh, real estate industry, but uh, so I've been doing it myself from there and uh, we had a manager at the time and then that manager went back into selling and so then I've become the broker, the manager, the recruiter, and I still sell a little bit as well um but I don't sell as much as I used to um, and I mostly deal with only listings and if I have buyers, then I get one of the agents to help out with the buyer side of things so Um, I mean, it's still, Saskatoon's 260,000 people, so it's, we're not a metropolis of Vancouver, Toronto, but um, yeah, I I still have a very loyal following of people that I need to, uh, need to service as well.
0: So how did you make the transition to leadership? It sounds like you're always kind of a natural leader, so it might not have been that challenging for you.
1: It was. In in high school, I was the guy running for the SRC, in Kelsey, when I was going to the, to our um, technical trade school. I was in charge of the intramural sport. I was a chairperson of intramural sports. I've always, if I get, end up being on a committee or on some kind of a uh, governance system, I'll usually end up being the president or vice president of it because for me, I have a hard time with incompetence. And when I see people who aren't good at doing things, I'm like, ah, but I'll I'll just do it. I'll just get it done. And so when I got onto some of these associations, it's like, I don't agree with how they're doing things. Well, I'm of the belief that if you don't believe that they're doing it right, then you're the one that's got to take the bull by the horns and and do it the way you think it's going to be. And, you know, from the last three times I've been the president, it's, you know, we've made changes. We've done some great things. I'm very proud of what of the stuff we did. And, and it's very fulfilling. I, I enjoy that kind of stuff as well.
0: Okay. So I'd like to know in terms of recruiting, what are the One, or what is is the defining thing that makes you want someone to join your office? Is it, what are the special things that you look for? Characteristics, experience, values?
1: Well, the the interesting thing is, uh, we just talked about this the other day on one of our recruiting calls. You know, what are the characteristics of uh, a good agent? The reality is you can't predict if anyone's going to be good. Um, It can be that person who you look at and go, there's that sharp-dressed business guy and they could fall flat in their face, and it could be that small, petite little Ukrainian lady that comes out of the and 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 just knows everybody and talks to everybody, and she's the one who sells sixty houses that year. So there's there's no uh, definite uh, definition of what's good, but I mean I look for uh, outgoing, charismatic, uh, business minded. Um, I think there's too many people in this industry who think it's just going to get fed to them. Um, yeah. They have to understand that they are in a self-employed business. And they have to understand that they have to spend a little money to make a little bit of money. And they have to understand, you know, advertising and financing and and how the business side of it works. So um, those are definitely characteristics that I look for.
0: What are things that are showstoppers for you where you go, "Uh uh-uh, you don't get to come and play in my playground? If they won't look me in the eye, if they are evasive with their answers and questions. If they're evading
1: me, they'll most likely be evading their uh, buyers and sellers as well. So that's definitely things that I would look at and kind of give a a hesitation. And one of, I mean, depending on how they're they're equipped financially, it's an expensive business to get into. Mm -hmm. And if you have no money whatsoever or no access to some funds, very few people uh, can get into the business who have nothing. Like they're coming in with zero dollars. They got to be able to live on their own for a few months to be able to get things underway. Uh, But sometimes those are the hungry people too. So they're they're the ones that are going to give her too. So I had one agent who was like, well, Gary, you know, I'm I'm going to be the number one agent in the city. And and he had, and, and I'm looking at him, I go, there is no way you can do that. And a year later, he was the number one guy in our office. And he was the number one guy in the city a year after that. And he's never looked back since. And it's like, okay, prove me wrong. And he did. So, yeah. you know, and and he didn't come with with a lot of money behind him or a lot of sales technique behind him, but he works his butt off. He's the guy who's working 12 to 14 hours a day. He's the guy working seven days a week and his work ethic was second to none.
0: Okay. How would you describe your culture?
1: Well, we actually have it in our, our, all of our, um, uh, the headers in all of our forms and stuff. It's uh, a welcome home, be treated like family. So we are very much a family oriented uh, office. Uh, We, uh, you know, pre-COVID, we, the kids would come. We'd have kids' Christmas parties. The kids were involved in a lot of stuff. We have, uh, you know, married couples, uh, a lot of family-oriented um, events that go on as well. And okay. so I would definitely say that uh, making people look like family would be a a, a big thing for culture for us.
0: Okay. Um, more and more companies are doing things for their agents, like, for example, doing some lead generation. Do you do anything like that? Or what's your view on on that idea? <laughs>
1: So lead generation to me was a, a two headed sword. Like <clears throat> we started to go down and we started to buy leads from lead gen companies, and we were spending a ton of money. And a lot of them were the screw you at screwyou.coms. They didn't want to give you the real addresses or emails, and it was frustrating. And they were costing you a couple of bucks every time that you clicked on the stuff. So fortunately for me, I have a fellow in the office who was an agent who really understands. the the pay-per-click lead generation program. And he was able to explain it to me better. And we actually brought it in-house. And so between himself and I have actually hired a social media marketing person um, in-house, and we do all of our lead generation projects in-house. And we've brought our pay-per-click price way down and we've brought our quality of our lead gens way up. And so we we still get the odd person who doesn't want to give their email address and, and phone number and I don't think that's ever going to change. Um, but the reality is, what used to take six months to a year to generate the lead to an actual buyer seller, now it's a few days. Um, people who are going on the sites are much more serious. Um, they're not just looky loos, they're, they're looking at buying and selling. And our agents are better at it as well in getting in touch with them. And we actually have a, um, a contest every week as to who the fastest people were to get a hold of their leads. And we've got people consistently doing it under a minute from the time those people get on the websites. They're in contact with those people and the website tells us all that information. So
0: it's is that a me. profit center for you then?
1: It's not. No, I, de- I decided to, uh, to push it for the agents. Do um,
0: so you make money when they make money? Exactly.
1: And that's, I have a full service group of programs and I also have hundred percent agents as well. And the full service people um, I will invest money into them because as I say to them, when they make money, I make money. Now they yeah. make way more than me, but that's if it's a program that I think can make money, I'll invest money into it. And for okay. 100% agents if they're wanting to do it, then they can go they can invest their own money into that because they're the they invest
0: 100%. So, do you have other programs for your agents to to facilitate them generating more business? Is that your biggest one for the for the agents to generate business? Yeah. Yeah, like a service that you offered that makes it easier for them.
1: Well, we offer tons of services. So, I mean, first of all, bringing, hiring a full time social media person. We, big, had, we had agents who were paying companies three hundred, five hundred, dollars thousand dollars a month to run their social media program. Yeah. And and they would make up this and do it. And again, bringing that in house, those people are doing it for one or two hundred dollars a month, or less, uh, depending on on how busy they are at the time. So. We definitely have done that. Um, we have a, a bank in our office, and that bank allows us to um, uh, refer business to them, yeah. and, and they uh, pay rent to for us to be here. And we've got an RRSP program that for every that for every referral that you give the bank at the end of the year. We'll give you a hundred dollars in, in RSP. So, if you okay, them- just
0: for people that are in America, um, the United States, an RSP is a retirement savings plan. So, the bank is contributing to their retirement savings. Right. Yes. Get them a, a referral for a mortgage.
1: Yeah, and so okay. we we'll have some agents who will do five or six. We'll have some who will do ten or twelve. So that's an extra five hundred to thousand dollars in RSPs that we would uh, give them at the end of the year. We'll actually be just doing it here at the end of this week. So, um, you know, there's hundred and thirty some deals we did last year that were referred to that bank. And so there's about $13,000 in RSPs that people will get. And um, yeah, I think- it's, it's sort
0: of, it's free money.
1: Free money and, and it's Royal Bank, which is the largest bank in Canada. And they have a guaranteed program so that once you're pre-approved and conditions are removed, they will never take that away from you, which with we've found out, unfortunately, with mortgage brokers, they will repull that credit bureau a couple of days before possession date. And if something has changed, they reserve the right to pull that. And we've had that over the last couple of years, two days before possession date, where these mortgage companies have pulled their financing. And then the, the deal collapses, everybody's all, they lose their deposit, everybody's in a turmoil, and you've done all that work. And it's a really lot of hassle. So,
0: and a really, lot of trauma for everybody well, involved.
1: For sure. yeah. So the agents yeah. have mentally already spent the money, <laughs> the clients have already lost their deposit, they've already moved, they've already given notice, they've already done all this other stuff. The moving they, truck is full. <laughs> It's it's booked. It's like and suddenly you got no nothing because they can't fund it. So they're scrambling to try and find another mortgage broker. Which lots of times, if they got rejected by one, they're not going to get it from another one, or they yeah. have to go to a B lender, which is going to cost them way more in interest, and they may not qualify. So it just causes way too much grief. So um, that relationship with RBC is a really good one. It also gets us uh, access to their foreclosures, okay. and uh, so that uh, you know we're it makes him the number one RBC um, mortgage rep. And for that, his boss says you get X amount of these foreclosures so that and then we hand them around to the office. So that gives us a lot of extra income for them
0: as well. So tell me, who is the best mentor you ever had, Gary? Ooh, I had some interesting
1: mentors, not all just in real estate, but as far as real estate is concerned, I'd have to say Harry Jansen. And okay, the first guy
0: that you interviewed you for that twenty minutes when you made your career-changing disa- decision,
1: and, and Harry's no longer with us, unfortunately, he passed away. Um, but he was my manager for the first, you know, fifteen years, and then he went to become the CEO of the local board. And um, but he was always like he he was a down-to-earth guy, but he just told it like it was, and he was he was at the office every day. And if you had any questions, I mean, back in the day when all of us actually came to the office every day. And you would have those conversations. And even if you weren't calling people, you were learning stuff because you were having those, you know, the coffee shop talks and yeah. you're talking about for sale by owners and you're talking about expireds, and you're talking about how this client's driving you crazy and how you deal with this and how you, you learn so much. And he was always really involved in, and heavily involved in education. And uh, there's still actually a, a, a award, a Harry Jensen award locally as well, because mm-hmm. he was so instrumental in education and training agents and mentoring agents and taking them from one step to the next because he'd be the guy I'd go and ask and say, well, how do I get to, how do I earn a hundred grand in a market that we were charging 7% commissions, but our average house price was only $80,000. I know, know. Right. And then it's like, well, that's a big feat. So when I first started, if you had a $200,000 house backing the lake, you were a rich person in the city. Yeah. Right. And now that's a million dollar house, but it, back then it, it wasn't. So you know the 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 goalposts have always been moving, and so you you got to keep changing your plan to you know so that you can suffice and, and make the money for your family and and move up the the ladder.
0: Sounds to me like you've role modeled or adopted his philosophy and education for your staff.
1: Well, for, for you know for the team. So when when Barry and I first talked about buying the company. We had several meetings. And the one thing that we said is, the one thing that we want to make sure that we do is we want to look at it from the eyes of the agent. When it comes to ownership, we want to say, is it work good for the ownership? Yes. But it's got to work good for the agents as well. And whatever program we bring in, whatever service that we change or do whatever, it needs to be good for them. There's got to be value in it. Yeah. we We, we will make an income when they make an income. And as long as they're successful, we'll be successful. So we have kept that mindset all the way through. Um, you know, as far as, you know, my staff, I have nine staff as well. And we talk a lot about empowerment and making sure that they understand that our clients are the agents.
0: Okay. And
1: yeah. when those agents are happy, then we're happy. And they get bonuses based on how we do. And so there's an incentive for them to have that smiley face on every day. And when that client or the agent comes into the office and something didn't go their way, which happens, we're the ones that are going to try and make that turnaround around and make it work for them. So um, the agents, we, we have that same philosophy with the agents and their, and their clients is when the garage door isn't working on possession dates, when there's garbage left over, that's an opportunity. That, don't take that as a disaster. That's an opportunity to cement your relationship with that client. And here's what you're going to do. And then we'll set up the steps for them.
0: Okay, so my last question for you is, is there something I haven't asked you that you would like to tell us about you or your organization or how you've built your business? Something that strikes you as kind of unusual and uniquely Gary? Hmm.
1: But, I mean, probably everybody thinks that their their place is family oriented. Um, For me, it truly is. Like, we celebrate everyone's births. We sorrow everyone's deaths. Within their families, like we really take it as part of an extended family. In um, this year, we we're very much technology driven. So I guess that would be maybe the other thing is that we, um, with COVID, we've obviously had to adopt a whole different brand of of uh, technology. Yeah. But we actually had had it two to three years before then, because with my associations on the boards, I was traveling to NAR, I was traveling to the Korea Convention. We were going to those, and we were learning about the new the next thing. Yeah. And we were implementing it in Saskatchewan. And Saskatchewan's not necessarily the the leading hub of real estate. So we're not Toronto, Vancouver, et cetera. But yet we were leading a lot of companies and countries um, in, in the things that we did. Yeah. And that's, you know, when I met you was in Chairman's Circle and stuff. And it's, we get invited to those kind of things and we learn from other people. And then I come back and say, well, that doesn't work exactly here, but I think I can make it work by doing this instead. And slightly just putting a little twist on it. And I'm not afraid to try anything. So, you know, we'll try new programs. We'll try new things. And if they work, great. And if they don't work, well, off they go. So we've been able to reallocate the way our staff work because we we took on a, a paperless program that took away having to process paper. And any real estate company knows we, we waste so much money on printers and paper and ink yeah. and all the rest of that kind of stuff. We went with that program. It's like it's saving a lot of money in paper, but it saves the resource of the staff so they don't have to be chasing paper all the time. And now that same staff, I can keep my same staff, but now they can do more assistant work with the agents. They can be helping them with their CRM. They can be helping them with their feature sheets, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, reallocation, and, and we always have staff meetings and it's looking at, you know, how are things changing? We always have uh, conversations with our clients and our, our agents saying, what's new? What is it that you need to continue to do business in today's world? Not what happened two years ago and five years ago. But in today's world, what is it you need? Do you need more social media? Do you need pay-per-clicks? Or do you want to grow organically? Like we can give them the options that they're looking for. And so, um, you know, I think we're always we're always forward thinking. So probably that would be the answer to my, that's my final answer.
0: Uh, my final answer for you by listening to that um, was going to be innovative. Is, is innovative.
1: Like, I'm always looking for something to help the agents and the staff uh, do it a little bit easier, a little bit smarter. And I'm never afraid to take a take a chance.
0: Okay. Well, Gary from Century, Gary Bush from Century 21 Fusion in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm so glad to have spent this time with you because I've always admired your brokerage from afar, but I've never got down and deep like like we were able to do today. So thank you so much for participating with this. And I'm Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show. And we look forward to seeing you again on the next on the next podcast. Take care. Thank you. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the MLS Leadership Show. If you're a real estate broker, owner or manager and would like to be a guest on the show, please visit mlsleadership.com guest. If you got some value out of this interview, subscribe below and share this on your social media. Hashtag MLS show. Download us in your podcast player right now. Please give us a thumbs up rating and review the show. Share the value you receive from listening in. Connect with me via social media check out our website at mlsleadership.com and see if there's some ideas you can use in your own brokerage. It's Myrna Selsler with the MLS Leadership Show and founder of The Million Dollar Broker. Thanks for listening.